0: Thanks for tuning in to Providence Leftist Radio. This is the second to last of our Politico series interviews. We are going to be taking a break for the rest of the year to take care of some stuff. So join us again in January of 2022. And now an interview with Jackie Goldman.
1: Hi, hello, what's up? This is Providence Leftist Radio. Thanks for tuning in. I am Andy with the Gruesome Twosome, Alex and Evan here today. And we're joined by the motivated Ward 5 Councilperson hopeful, Jackie Goldman. Thanks for being here.
0: Thanks so much for having me.
1: So you're here for our fifth installment of the Politico series. And can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Like I'm someone that you meet when you're going door to door canvassing.
0: Yeah. Um, so, um, I am a public health researcher by day. Um, specifically I do overdose prevention research. And so, you know, what I've really seen are the ways in which that this city just doesn't work for everyday people. Like, so for example, instead of investing in affordable housing, we give like massive multi-dollar, multi-million dollar tax breaks to luxury developers. You know, some of those same lobbyists behind the developers and some of the lobbyists behind the worst polluters in Providence are also people who are appointed to the school board, um, which really calls for the need for like an elected school board. And then finally, like, you know, you look around and you see that like the roads and sidewalks here are kind of in shambles. Um, and so those deserve fixing. Um, That's kind of like, you know, my quick pitch that I use with the doors. Other things to know about me is that um, I'm queer. I'm non-binary. I think it'd be really cool to finally have some like non-binary representation in city council. Um, and yeah, I think that's some core core stats about me, some of the things that I'm you know running on.
1: Can you uh, give, a, I mean, we know you outside of the podcast as well. We've had interactions with you, um, but so much, so many of those interactions revolve around uh broad politics or Rhode Island politics but I wanted to ask the question for you to give a little bit of your personal background where are you from what brings you to Providence all that stuff
0: yeah I feel bad that like sort of when I get the like what are you all about I'm like let me instantly go to my quick pitch um but yeah about me so I actually grew up in Connecticut um and uh weirdly enough I have an undergraduate bachelor's degree in Hindi language Um, And then after college, I ended up doing two years of AmeriCorps where I was doing like, you know, trail building and construction and stuff like that, which was really cool. But like, honestly, a really radicalizing experience because when you get paid like a dollar an hour to like, you know, prevent Southern California from going up in flames, you're like, Mm why isn't the government kind of like putting major like infrastructure development like in and instead they're just sort of like using uh, like an AmeriCorps team to do it. Um, So... That kind of was getting, that and also like I went to a college with a lot of sort of like big protest history, got me like super uh, politically motivated. Um, I came to Rhode Island actually after my second AmeriCorps year. Um, I had been doing like HIV and hep C testing and syringe exchange out in New Mexico. And like I've always, I had known for a long time that I wanted to get a public health degree, but I wanted to be able to do that like with someone who is harm reduction oriented. Like that was really important to me. And I found this mentor at Brown who like is from Canada which like has really progressive harm reduction sort of legislation and stuff um and so I like reached out to him as I was applying and I was like hey I'm really interested in this kind of work like as I get into this I'd love to talk to you and whatever and then I ended up getting accepted to Brown's uh epidemiology department um like with a guaranteed research position with him and so even though there was like a version of me that was like considering going to Seattle um, because I also got into a program there and was like, this city would be great because there's mountains and nature and all that. I ended up at Rhode Island um, or ended up in Rhode Island and just kind of haven't left um, and like have weirdly found that this place feels like home and like could, I don't know, like there's something about Providence where it just sort of draws you in and keeps you here and builds this nice little weird community, um, which is sort of like what brought me here initially. I guess, to answer that question. Have you spent much time in Seattle? I've never been. I just sort of had this idea of like, I like nature, like Seattle would be cool. And it's like, you know, I never thought that I was going to end up back in New England. Um, For a long time, I'd wanted to just kind of be as far away from home as possible. But I've kind of learned that there's a lot of benefits from being like, two hours from my parents because it's like it's not quick enough that I can just run over and say hello and they can't just run over and say hello but I can also them like a day or two at a time and it's not like having to you know have to like be there for a week like the convenience is is kind of nice um mm-hmm. but I, I just sort really of like idealized Seattle as like a cool place to be you watched a lot of Frasier before huh? I was out sorry you watched a lot of Frasier I've never watched Frasier I like never <laughs> watched like that whole generation of sitcoms like Fraser and Seinfeld, it like honestly sometimes makes me feel like a bad Jew. Yeah. Um yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't have agreed with you on that. So <laughs> quickly. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, no, I'm good. <laughs> no, my lack of sign <laughs> my lack of Seinfeld uh, definitely is one of the things that I'm I'm a little bit ashamed of, I'll be honest. That's all right. We won't it's, tell anyone if
1: you will were- not all right. And I'm gonna tell everybody. Seinfeld's a great show. Frasier, you know, I, I do love me some Frasier. Uh, Evan, don't you like Fraser?
0: Yes, I love Frasier, but it's less about Frasier and more about Niles for me.
1: Oh, mm. yeah. Well, yeah, whatever. So tell me, Jackie, I hear that you're a Twitter guru. Is that true?
0: That is absolutely true. Um, so actually, one of the things that I started doing, so like I hated Twitter for a long time. I actually had my first Twitter account when I was a sophomore in high school. Um, so like way back when before it was a big platform and never used it but one of the things that I was seeing is that there was a group of people who were really interested in what was going on at the state but like had no idea how to find this information and to be fair it's like pretty opaque right where you have to go through a whole bunch of different websites to figure out what a bill even is you have to figure out you know when it's been introduced when it's getting a hearing how to do all of that and I saw that Steve Alquist was like uh you know writing about bill introductions and I was like I could probably do this but with much more of my own opinion um in a way that you know one time I told him I was like Steve I just wanted to be like you but dumber and he's like you're not dumber and I was like no but I do swear a lot more although I very much cut down on the swearing but so I started like going through all of the bills being introduced and reading all of them and I made this like very beautiful spreadsheet of like what all the bills were but then I would sum up The ones that seemed important, at least like, you know, that had like real social, financial or whatever consequences and just like putting them in Twitter as well as then following up with like, and this is when it's getting a hearing and this is how you can find that out. And this is how you can testify. And like, there were all these people who'd reach out to me and be like, I have never testified before. I've never known how to do it. Thank you so much for providing this information because I want to be engaged, but didn't know how. And so like, clearly there's this thirst for like local civic engagement, but it can be so nebulous to be able to do any of this. Um, So Twitter worked. I mean, there are times where Twitter is absolutely a garbage platform, but there are ways that it can be useful. Um, So that is how I became a Twitter guru. And also like, there's not a lot of report. I mean, there is reporting on local politics, but one of the best ways to see all of it is, you know, Twitter. Um, So I think it can be a powerful tool, especially locally.
1: Yeah, I've really enjoyed your Twitter, actually. Um, When I first joined Twitter, (coughs) thieves and yours were some of the first ones just because they were so full of information. Um, So yeah, and I think that- I'm glad it was helpful. Oh yeah, totally. And also making things more accessible to the people um, because politics can be extremely confusing.
0: Yeah, and it shouldn't be, right? Like, we all have an invest, like, we all, I mean, so I think that there's, you know, electoralism is not the be-all end-all. There's a lot more that really does have to happen that's not just electoral, you know, sort of change and organizing in order to, like, make the cities and state that, like, we need that will actually support, like, everyday people. But, like, and sometimes it feels like politics is, like, particularly hard and nebulous to follow that people just kind of, like, you know, see, like, they don't see how bad and dangerous the status quo is. Um, and don't see how much better it could be because like people purposely hide that information.
1: Yeah, a lot of people's politics also stop at the voting booth. They don't realize they can go further, so. Yeah. So it seems, it seems like a lot of your entry into politics uh, derived from your background in harm reduction um, and sort of that kind of social policy aspect of it. And so there's a few questions about that that I want to ask. I guess the first one is just basically whether or not there is a connection um, between the two that that you see.
0: Absolutely. Um, I I think that for me, I cannot separate like my entry and interest in politics, like with my um, sort of harm reduction background. Um, So I think that there's, you know, like there's a few ways that plays together. Like, first of all, there are like direct policy things that we can do that would prevent overdose, keep people safe. And then other things that like, you know, for example, you can change how zoning practices works so that you can build more housing. And we know that like housing is harm reduction, right? Like having people in safe places is harm reduction. Giving people access to like financial resources is harm reduction. And like, And the problem is, is that there's a lot of barriers to that in the way that our legislation works now, both at the city and state level.